0: Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of Kent and the Steering Team for another week. Once again, you are joined by myself, Phil, my good mate, Drew. Uh, unfortunately, Kent can't be with us this week. He's actually off hiding um, from the remarkable detective, Benwell Blank. Um, a, a, of course, because he is he is a, a, a murder suspect in the murder of Harlan Thrombey. Anyway, on with the show. Drew, how would you be? I would be a little bit sniffly, but otherwise I am well. How are you? That's quite... I'm quite well, thank you. And that's quite all right. I think I'm a little bit sniffly too. um, Just because it's so freezing here. Of course, you're probably a little bit sniffly because it's basically the equivalent of you huffing down 80 cigarettes a day or something like that in Sydney. Oh, yeah. So, you know... Yeah, there's all these justifications behind it, but uh, anyway, I'm all well on this, end, and you're for the most part all well on on your end. Totally good, yes. Um, exactly, and of course we've got a big show for for all you listeners. Hopefully you are all well as well. Mm. See, said well lots of times there. Uh, on Very this well. edition, we've got uh, exactly. On this edition, we've got some Rick and Morty uh, updates yes, for you. Um, we've know. been we've we've, we've uh, made sure to be up to date with season four for you. Um, Jojo Rabbit. Uh, is out in cinemas for me in the new year. Um, oh, sorry, in a, in a late December. For you, it's um,
1: January 1st, isn't it?
0: I, I've seen some potential early sessions uh, next week, which I may Perfect. try and get to. Yes. Um, it's out here boxing But of course day. you've, Exactly, but of course you've gone and seen a um, advanced screening, you won't I tell have. us much about the film itself, but no. you tell us about the event itself. Indeed. Um, we've got a review of Knives Out, because now Sarah and I have seen it, so yes. uh, we can give a spoiler-filled um, episode uh, or, yes. or review on it, going into a little bit more depth. And Drew, you've uh, cracked open some Christmas movies. I um, have, I have. I, I haven't yet, I came very close last night to doing so, but I, I didn't. Ooh. um but that's okay. Christmas movies, we love Christmas movies. We talk about them every year. It's because we love them so much. We do indeed. Tis the season to be viewing. Tis the season to be podcasting. Drew, let's well, what, get crack-a-lacking, shall we? Let's dive right in. Let's dive right in. Should we, should we start? We'll, we'll come to, to Knives Out a little bit later on. Let's start yes. with Rick and Morty. Oh, we'll, yes. we'll move on to Jojo Rabbit, perhaps, and then on to an, our Knives Out review um, a little bit later on. But Rick and Morty, Drew. Yes. Now, I I was somewhat, uh, I, I was a little bit confused. I, th- I thought there were five episodes now out, and I felt like I maybe missed an episode last week, um, so I quickly made sure this week to make sure I was up to date and went, went ahead and watched the latest episode, which happened to be the fourth episode of the new season. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's only four episodes out this season so far. I feel like there should be more. I feel like I've I maybe missed one. I haven't, but I feel like... I have, for some reason.
1: Well, we haven't, but from the way they're talking, so we, we know that they were releasing five episodes and then they'd release another five, but from the way- I read an interview with Dan Harmon today, and the way that he spoke and the way the interview sounded was that the five episodes are going to be all of season four, and that the next five would be season five.
0: What was the episode run that they had ordered? It was like something like seventy episodes or something.
1: Yeah, they have a seventy episode
0: deal. So if they do five a season, that's rather pathetic. I I saw that too, though. I just the other day I was I was um, hmm. looking up Rick and Morty and I and I saw that season four was coming to an end and that season four would be it. In fact, I think they mentioned something on the show at one point that. Um, in in fact, in the last episode, it was maybe yes, the, the episode it was. Before, the crew, they mentioned um, this would be a great season finale, Yeah, which is an interesting comment to make. And I kind of sat there and I thought, really? What do you mean? <laughs> We're only like three or four episodes in. But yeah, it's a bit bit unusual that, um, to have short of, such a short run, I, I wonder why they would do that.
1: I really hope um, that it's only, like, that this is just half the season. I think 10 episodes makes a lot more sense. It's not like- Well, it- we had- yeah, yeah.
0: We had 13 for, for the previous seasons or something like we that. We did,
1: so, we did. But, you know. It just, unless you're something like Sherlock, where you have f- three or four 90-minute episodes, you don't get away with having so many or so few episodes in a season.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, because so far, all we've had was we had, episode one was Edge of Tomorrow. Yep. Uh, Rick Die, Rick Pete. Episode two was the old man in the seat. That was when Rick went and took a dump on his throne and found that someone else had been using it. Yeah. Um, that also had the uh, the um, voice um, special guests of uh, um, Sam Neill and Taika Waititi, um, to, to name a, name a few. And then we had episode three was one crew over the crew coos Morty. These episodes are really hard to pronounce the tongue twisted, twisters. and then um, the most recent episode was Claw and Horder, yeah. Special Grictums Morty. I liked that. <laughs> like, on, I like how they just throw Morty in at the end, like it doesn't mm. really work. <laughs> that's the whole point. But, uh, yeah, exactly. Um, so that's what we've had so far, and I, f- I feel like there's another one, but there wasn't, so that that's all we've had. Um, now, last time we, we spoke about Rick and Morty, we spoke about the first two episodes, and um, but since then, yeah, we've had one crew over the Kruku's crew Morty, and uh, yeah, Clon Hauler, Special Rectums Morty, yeah, and uh, and in fact, I've uh, while I was waiting for you to, to call, I was actually watching through the most recent episode again. Anyway, um, because it's it's interesting, I you know, I've I've um, when going to bed, I've been watching some of the previous episodes of Rick and Morty anyway. Um, season three, most notably, and it's funny you you kind of you forget, but then you don't forget which episodes are from which season. You kind of see where they sit in the timeline, but then at the same time, you don't because they are just so one off and kind of carefree. They some ways they carry over, in most ways they don't. Um, so I've, I started getting confused as to what episodes I'd seen and what episodes I hadn't. But uh, gee, Rick and Morty just it's just at such a high level. Um, because you think about all the previous episodes, sure, there's only been three seasons, and you think about this season. When you watch an episode from this season, you're so excited because you're watching it for the first time. But nonetheless, the jokes and the humor and everything like that yeah. um, carry on throughout the whole of the show. Like there hasn't, I can't really remember a dull episode. Um, you know even an episode that's been done to death or viewed to death which is probably pickle rick you still can't help but laugh when you watch it and enjoy it when you watch it it's still you, know, you don't you don't really care yeah you don't really care that you've seen it so many times which is which is interesting because i can't really there's not a whole lot of things that you kind of are able to do that with where you get such high level of enjoyment out of viewing so many times
1: it's funny one of the only other shows that I have that with is Dan Harmon's other famous creation, Community.
0: Where it's just almost timeless like the jokes you laugh every time, yeah. you can't help it. Um, <clears throat> you know, when when looking at this season, um you know, the previous episode for example, one crew over the crew crew's Morty, you just you just think about like them sitting down and writing that. Now there's there's it I'm not saying it's like um a writing masterclass or something like that. I'm, I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying it's the best written thing ever, but it's pretty bloody good. I mean, you think oh, about yeah. the level of, I was going to say inception, but, but well, yeah, the, the level of inception in, in that episode, the fact that there's a heist at the top level, there's a heist below that level to try and fool the guy from the original heist. There was a heist then to, 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 uh, fool the crew from the heist and the second heist and then there's a third and a fourth level of heist just to distract like the the amount of I I don't know how they write it Are they write it completely high or, you, or what do they do do you know what that episode actually
1: reminds me of with it's layering it mm-hmm. reminds me of the one where they do dip through the dream levels the one with Scary Terry
0: yeah 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 it does it's the same sort of thing of, of going through all these levels the cause but and like-
1: effect with each turn
0: yeah, exactly, and and that's one thing that I really like is that they 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 don't gloss over if you stuff up at one level. Yeah, you know, it is going to carry on, and they do show that. They show the fact that things have genuine carryover or carry on Those into the next level of exactly. You know, as opposed to just kind of saying, "No, this will just be a funny joke." The joke's funny, but. The result is funny, too, because yeah. it continues on. And and the fact that, you know, with that one, uh, I just... Something about Rick and Morty, they can get away with doing the stupidest shit for the most pointless of reasons. Taking, for example, you know, to spoil that episode, if you don't want to hear it, stop paying attention for the next 15 seconds. But But the fact that of that episode, the whole reason they do it is to stop Morty from wanting to come up with his own Netflix series yeah. because Rick doesn't want him to feel like Rick's telling him not to. He wants to stop the idea of it himself. As in more uh, Rick wants to stop Morty having the idea himself. And it's just like, it's just the most mundane, stupid who gives a shit idea, mm. but it works so well because the journey that they go on to solve the most pointless thing or the, or the, the the adventure that Rick makes them go on purely to stop the most stupid, pointless things when I'm sure there is a much more efficient way of doing it. Yeah. They still do the stupidest thing anyway just to solve something like that. No, it's brilliant. Um,
1: what did you think of this week's episode?
0: <laughs> Fantastic, of course. Uh, you know, the fact that owning a dragon is something as simple as a contract. You know, it's essentially like a purchase, you know, when, when something goes wrong or there's some sort of defect and the, the wizard is, what, what did, what did Rick call him? He called him, uh, I can't remember what he called so him. It was a Gandalf anyway, spoof. Yeah. Yeah. Basically he called him, um, Dandruff at one point, just because, you know, Gandalf's, you know, oh, too easily see. done. But, um, the fact that, he comes along and basically proclaims that there's no refunds when there's a defect with the dragon. Yep. You know the stupid the stupid shit in there, like um, the things that are that the, the dragon are hoarding down in his lair. You know he he's got the um the small soldiers, spinning top, uh, <laughs> lollipops and stuff. Yep. Like he's just got the most random treasure that he's hoarding, like all dragon dragons hoard treasure, but um, you know that sort of stuff. The fact that that <laughs> the the soul bonding is such a serious thing and it's basically an orgasmic thing to soul bond um and how there's the 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 liberated dragons that live in exile because they've soul bonded with multiple people but they're incredibly homosexual or or flamboyant you know it's just it's just (laughs) stupid things but it's brilliant
1: let's not forget either This episode had one of, and this is something the show does really well, but this, it seriously had one of the best
0: B plots in it. It did. It really did. The talking cat. The talking cat. And just how passed off it was, you know, the fact that for for the first three quarters of the episode, you thought that it was maybe a plot by Rick. Yeah. But really, Rick, Rick genuinely had no idea what the fuck jerry was talking about with the cat like okay rick what's the deal with a talking cat what talking cat's a talking dragon no i know that's a dragon i'm talking about the talking cat i have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> and just that like left it at that and left jerry to his own devices with this talking cat the most pointless talking cat too and was the cat voiced by matthew broderick the
1: cat was voiced by
0: matthew broderick yeah which is just ridiculous did, like come on did
1: you figure out who the voice of the dragon
0: was no, it
1: was Liam Cunningham, better known to Game of Thrones fans as Sir Davos.
0: That's who it was. Because you meant you you mentioned that before I watched it, didn't you? No. Someone mentioned you, it. You watched someone it before did. I did. Yeah, that's true. And someone mentioned it to me, and I can't remember. Who. Sir Davos. Of course,
1: he became a dragon.
0: <sighs> yeah, yeah, exactly. How fantastic, though. I mean. You know the fact that Rick loses his powers. The fact that, like the one liners as well. Like Rick and Morty, I'm not going to say it's the best of it, but because I, I I don't know. But I would like to say it's well and truly up there for coming up with it's, one one liners. It's like, one of the best. You know, I I think back. I think one of my favorite one liners from the entire show, as in the yeah. whole run of Rick and Morty, is from I can't. It's the episode where where in order to generate power for Rick's brake lights, instead of having a battery, Mm. he has an entire universe created with the sole purpose of creating energy to power his brake lights. And then the brake lights don't work. So then he goes into that universe and visits the people. And it turns out then it's the same idea. It's the inception idea. It turns out those guys, the smartest guy in that universe has decided that let's just make a, tiny universe to power and to develop enough power so we can power this universe so we can power whatever's beyond us. And the fact that Rick gets stuck down there and just cracks the shits at this, this smartest guy in this small universe and says, you know, at least my entire universe isn't designed entirely to power my bright lights and just storms off. Like it just, the, the anger that he delivers it and the, the most pointless reason for this place to exist. And the most pointless insult or the most aggressive insult like they just go for it like this one Rick's just always on Morty because Morty has more power than Rick because it's Rick's scientific prowess doesn't work in this level like the one liners in this show are just so left field and pointless but such brilliant delivery
1: the only other show that springs to mind that has such cracking left of centre one liners to me is Toast of London
0: yeah, perhaps. I'd say so, something so like that. It's so weird,
1: yeah. and you, I, you know weird is coming, but it's <laughs> still, you don't expect the actual line.
0: No, no, that, that's absolutely correct. And in some ways, the, the one-liners from Rick and Morty almost feel like they're coming out of a sitcom, but not yeah. ruined by the fact that they're followed up by canned laughter, or, or la- a laughter track. They're followed up basically by a retort, or a response, mm. or moving straight on to the next thing it's 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 a more efficient version of a sitcom in some ways by being funny throughout the whole thing it's that idea of it's the idea someone did a did a, um, an, anal- an an analysis of an early simpsons episode to a current simpsons episode yeah the level of detail to a joke way back when there'd be about five different jokes in about 15 seconds or something like that versus now there's about two elements of a joke in the same amount of time, you know, the joke before was really deep level and clever, now the joke is just really stupid kind of thing, it's it's developed in its humour, which is interesting because Rick and Morty, I would say it's almost like um, another person, Drew Gooden, who I, uh, I'm a big fan of on, on YouTube, did a comparison between a Friends episode and The Office us office and the the different breakdown of a joke against those two different kinds of yeah. comedy show and just showing the way one would revolve one joke would have to lead into another thing or be a continuous feature one joke would be one line stop have some another different comment com- conversation and then stop that kind of thing rick and morty Jumps between the two. It jumps between what The Simpsons does in having jokes revolve around each other in such quick succession, and then also revolves around what The Office does in having this kind of progression of a joke and the fact that the joke may not be the joke itself but maybe be the situation rather than what's said in some ways. But then also does what um, a sitcom does and has a punchline and then stops but doesn't have a laugh track. It just gets on with a different part of the story. That's almost irrelevant to what was just said. Like it just, it does so many things in one way, in one go. It's a clever comedy. I like it. It's so, and it's so, it's so stupid as well. Like it is so clever, but so stupid.
1: Every time we get to it, I just, I draw back to community because it, you can see all the building blocks that are leading into this. Yeah. Like, the humor is already there and established and it's just waiting for something like rick and morty where it can burst forth in full flight
0: and you can get away with doing such ridiculous things like making the entirety of an episode revolve around the fact that someone's used rick's toilet like yeah what imagine explaining rick and morty to someone who's never heard of rick and morty and trying to explain why it's funny like it's impossible It'd, it's just stupid. It'd be so hard, and to explain particular
1: episodes to someone that doesn't get it, like to me, interdimensional cable is <laughs> yeah, like, like how do you like explain that episode, to someone? The
0: episode is basically you can hear the thought process the creator, happening.
1: The creator improved for half an hour, and they made it <laughs> yeah. an episode.
0: Like, and you can hear that. You can they're just sitting there in front of the the, the screen, watching yeah. the TV, and hearing the the. Basically what I'm doing now where I'm I'm stumbling on my words, doing that, like saying, Welcome back to the uh the, the the show where everything happens and then there's a guy and then the guy has a car and the the, the car can be can be purple. Like it's just that sort of shit. It's yeah. the most stupid shit, but it's great. Why? Why is it so good, Drew? <laughs> I don't know. I wish I knew. I wish we could
1: bottle whatever essence it is and apply yeah, it exactly. to ourselves.
0: Exactly, because Rick and Morty is just groundbreaking comedy, but no one knows why. No, no one can put their finger on why it's so good. <laughs> no. But anyway, look, the, the, the thought is that maybe there's one more episode to come, and that will be... I'm not even sure, next week. I can't remember. This is this on Sundays in the US? I think That it's, means it's Monday for yeah, us. Yeah, I think it's next week. Okay, so we have one more episode next week. Um, that then leads us into... potentially a hiatus waiting for season 5 in the new year or is it halfway through season 4? We don't know whatever happens there's probably going to be a break over Christmas and then we're going to have more Rick and Morty again again there's a huge run to go there's 65 episodes to go then I guess in this run of episodes so let's see what happens yeah
1: we'll we'll see how they go I'm guessing it's going to be paced out over a bit of time but yeah
0: well, I hope that they don't burn themselves out. In some ways, like The Simpsons did. The Simpsons has changed so much from what it was. Um, family Guy, I'm a bit tired of Family Guy now. I've been American tired dad, of Family guy, still... guy for a while. Yeah, exactly. You know, it just becomes almost... Um, the stupidity becomes too much of a fart joke in some ways. Um, American Dad, I kind of... It was slow, but I'm into it now. American you know,
1: Dad at least follows a a, a season-long plot thread. Yeah. And, and yeah. it's far more palatable. A- again, I I liken American Dad to being, to Family Guy, what Future Armor is to The Simpsons.
0: Yeah, it's the almost smarter, kind of a little bit more detailed. And a little edgier. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Whereas Family Guy is just a fart joke. American Dad is kind of like the family side of it more, even mm-hmm. though the other one's called Family Guy. There's a little bit more to it than the other one. Um, Let's see, though. Let's see. I hope they don't get bored of it. I hope they don't run out of humour or run out of steam. Yeah. Let's see what happens. Drew. Yes. You went to see... um, Or went to an evening... I did go to an evening. Yeah, with David and and Margaret. And uh, saw a film called Jojo Rabbit. The latest film
1: by Taika Waititi. Yes, indeed. Um... Good Lord, when was it? It was Monday night. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Monday night, I went with our good friend Jesse to Mm -hmm. the Hayden Orpheum Picture Palace in Cremorne for a preview screening of One Jojo Rabbit that was marvellously introduced by wonderful, wonderful film critics, Margaret and David, who have been on our television sets for decades now. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Certainly have. Yes.
1: So they were on board to uh, briefly talk about the film and to give us their top 10 films of the year.
0: Really? So they, they gave that? Well, yeah. I didn't know they were doing that as well. Which was rather interesting. Just very cleverly thought yeah. it in my head then. I guess they were at the movies. Oh, God. So yes, I just thought they were it literally, that's what show... Yes, they were literally at yeah. the movies. Because their show on ABC was called At The Movies. Yes. Anyway, continue.
1: Anyway, um... I don't know if I told you what each of their number one movie of the year was.
0: No, you
1: hadn't. So, Margaret's was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood.
0: Really? Really. See, that film's been... We we both love that film. That film has been kind of hit hard by um, critics and stuff who who have enjoyed it but said not really anything happens in it. But nonetheless, I'm still a huge fan of it, but, but they good, loved, I'm glad they that said that. they the loved the more technical
1: points of the film, and the parallels yeah. um, to Roman Polanski's life, and just very yep. interesting things, even things that I hadn't noticed about it. Mm. Um, and then there was David's favourite movie of the year, The yes. The Irishman. Really? They actually named three different Netflix movies between their lists the other night. Mm. Marriage Story was another one that popped up in there, right? And there was one more, The King, with Timothy Chalamet.
0: Haven't seen that one, and I've been meaning to watch the Irish one. Yes, but yeah, <coughs> wow, that's interesting. Netflix is making the list nowadays. They Good. are.
1: They are. It's very interesting.
0: But yes, we um, had a wonderful
1: Q&A with them. And then they, they ran over time because, of course, they did. Of course. And the next thing we That's knew... That's perfectly fine. Yeah. Next thing we knew, the curtain was starting to pull away as the Fox Searchlight logo came up.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And away we went.
0: Do you, do you feel now that... Um, not that Taika really ever needed it, seeing as his, his films were so brilliant anyway, but do you feel like now that he's done a big Hollywood film like Thor Ragnarok, he's almost getting more recognition or, or being allowed to do more? Would oh, you say Jojo jo Rabbit represents yeah. that?
1: Without a doubt. Apparently the Jojo Rabbit script had been floating around for quite some time. Like, he wrote it years ago and yeah. <coughs> he knew the network or the studio was interested in doing it but mm-hmm. it looks like, like it... It took a little bit before they went. Yep. Okay. Let's actually go ahead and do it. Really. And that really. came along shortly after Thor.
0: Yeah. Right. So. So. Yeah. So. In some ways, he's. I mean, the whole the whole story of of Taika Waititi getting Thor is is kind of interesting. The fact that it was literally just let me just give you a track and let me just give you some ideas and that's it. And they went. You know what? Let's do it. And, yeah. and they went with him. And then the fact that... I, I would hope that it's almost... Again, I say not that he needed it because I love his films anyway. But I hope that it in some ways springboards him into almost more mainstream kind of um, releases. I don't know how mainstream Jojo Rabbit is. Uh, as far as is its it, release it goes, it's fairly mainstream. Okay, yeah. So I... I Because it still feels... What I love is that it still feels like, you know, um, what we do in The Shadows or Boy or something like that. Like, it still feels, you know... has that sort of not mainstream sort of feel, but I hope that it does get released mainstream and viewed mainstream. Without giving anything away, Mm
1: -hmm. when you watch it, it feels absolutely like a Taika film. But it actually... The aesthetic of it, is more akin to a Hollywood movie than I think even Thor was. Thor felt more like a, a low-budget Taika film than this one did.
0: Does it almost feel like something, I don't know, um, Inglorious Bastards kind of feel? <laughs> a little bit, but not Cause quite. Because that was a spaghetti western on... Um, uh, on... on that the war. Yeah. This isn't a spaghetti western. This is a This is a black comedy black comedy satire. Yeah. But based around the same events, I'm guessing by the poster. Cuz I've it's- I've I've I think seen maybe one trailer of it and it gave away absolutely nothing and i can't even remember cuz it was there so is long only ago that I've one trailer i've only seen there is only yeah i've only s- uh, but but I, I i saw it so long ago that i can't remember what the trailer was even about look oh, i can just remember images wikipedia has a
1: rather good um, a rather good synopsis for it actually um, i came across it mm-hmm. yesterday yes um, the title character johannes jojo betzler a Hitler youth member who finds out his mother is hiding a Jewish girl in their attic. He must then question his beliefs while dealing with the intervention of his imaginary friend, an idiotic version of adult for Hitler.
0: Right. Okay, good. That, that That is then along the lines of some ways that I, I perceived or, or thought. Yeah. Okay, good. But Drew, uh, again, giving nothing away on the film. Yes. Your thoughts on it, though, as in, you know, you rate it highly. You think maybe, yeah, it was it was good. Maybe it was more just the evening was good, or was it a great film? Comparing it to say some of his other There's films. So many questions
1: all at once. Yeah, um, it okay, is a lot. Look, the evening itself, I would class that as one of the best evenings of my life.
0: Lovely. Is that because of the film or because you got to meet Margaret or see Margaret and David in
1: person? It was a whole... It was literally everything. Um, we talked about it after we left the cinema that night, that being in there was like stepping into a time warp. And coming out of it, we're just, just tingling, going like, wow, what did what did we just experience being in there like that in this beautiful old theatre? And you, you've been there, you've experienced what that yeah. place is like. There is this overwhelming power to it and a very like a majesty to that building i something about it i i don't know i can't put my finger on it but something about it um so yeah no look it was it was a cool event it was great seeing margaret and david it was great to see the movie and to do it all there so overall it was a wonderful night um Mm. thoughts on the movie itself I, this is so tricky, I don't want to ruin anything for you, um, mm-hmm. but my my personal thing is I absolutely adored it, I loved every second of it, every frame of it. Um, yes. It's a rare treat when a movie can make you laugh and cry and laugh till you cry all at once in a film. Like... It's a really rare treat where a movie can be so funny that you're just in stitches, but then can be so touching that it brings you to tears. And this film, does yeah, it. right, it does it. I don't know how, but it did it.
0: It's it's almost got elements of, <clears throat> again, I, I because I've seen none of it. I, I'm stabbing the dark here, but it's it's almost like. Um, uh, hunt for the Wilder People, you know, which was so funny at some points, but then just really sad at other points. Yeah. But then making, but then almost having humor in the sad moments too, to making making you not sure if it's yeah okay to, to laugh or not. <laughs> as as far as comparing it to other
1: Taika films, I actually thought it resembled Boy more than any other one. Okay. But okay, I okay sure. But I, I get I,
0: I kind of get yeah.
1: I get the hunt for the Wilder People thing as well.
0: But, but, I, but I know what you mean by boy then, you know, in the, it's, it's somewhat, it's even more so than what Hunt for the Wilder people is. Yeah. Not sure if you can laugh when you're feeling kind of like in a bit of disarray, you know, you're yeah. just feeling a little bit. Yeah. And, right, it, and okay. it is chaos. Oh, right. Okay. But yeah. I want to see it now. <laughs> I,
1: I know you do. I know you do. But it, like when it's funny, it's really funny. And the, the absurdest humour of it was on par with What We Do in the Shadows. Like, yep. it was that kind of... Like, when, <laughs> it, when it was funny, that's what it resembled the most. <laughs> Overall, right. though, I thought it resembled Boy more than the other ones.
0: Okay. But, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, the humour, like...
1: And it, and it goes ridiculous quite a lot. That's where it's channeling that What We Do in the Shadows version of all-out slapstick humour. Right. Okay. I can deal with that. Also, the score. Michael Giacchino. Oh.
0: Really? really? I didn't know Michael Giacchino was doing the score for this film. And it's perfect. It's so good. Oh. I'm not going to listen to it, though. I, I I was thinking of it, but I, no, I don't no, want no, to listen no, no, to it until I've seen the film. Don't
1: even look at... Because there's a score and then there's also a soundtrack. Don't look at any of it.
0: Yeah, I don't want to listen to either of it until I've seen, seen the film. But
1: yeah, look, I, I thought it was... Brilliant. I love the cast. Um, the young boy who played the lead, uh, Roman Griffith Davis, and the young girl... Have
0: we, have we seen him in anything
1: else? No. Um, the young. He's got a familiar face, though. He does. But no, I think he's relatively unknown. Between him and the girl, played by Thomason Mackenzie, they were mm-hmm. both very good. Rounding out the adult cast, Scarlett Johansson playing the
0: mum. Um... That show I couldn't. I for some reason I was like I recognise this face. We had it on the poster last week. Yeah, and I couldn't recognize the face. Of course, it's Scarlett Johansson. Ty- yes,
1: Tyker himself playing Hitler. Yep, yep. Uh, then playing Steve a number, of, playing a number of Germans were Rebel Wilson, Stephen Merchant, Alfie Allen, and Sam Rockwell.
0: I love that Sam Rockwell's in it. Sam Rockwell's been doing. <clears throat> yeah, I, look. <clears throat> I'm trying to think of the last two movies I saw him. No, I do know the last two movies. Um, was it Seven Psychopaths? Yep. And he was also in um, uh, t- t- Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. That's the other one I saw. He sorry. was, yes. And he, uh, he, and he was George Bush and Vice. Uh, he was George Bush and Vice, of course. I keep forgetting that. That was a reason. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't want to typecast him, but he's almost being typecasted as the. Smart idiot, like he's an idiot, like a total fool. But then he shows like glimpses of intelligence, and it's yeah. like, oh, look at you—you you found your your kind of your thing. But yeah, I, I, not sure. But I look—I've enjoyed all the movies I've seen him in recently. But I'm still just a bit concerned that he's being typecasted very much. In fact, he's almost always been that. He was a little bit a bit of that in in Iron Man, where he was the typecast as the arrogant. Guy who turns out to be a little bit stupid, as well. Like he, he's really good at playing a fool. Let's be honest. I think you'll like him in this
1: because okay. it's a bit, okay. it's a bit deceptive. But yeah, he does like playing that foolish character. Yeah, for me, like whenever okay. I think of him, I don't even think about him in any of those roles. I think of him with his long hair in Charlie's
0: Angels in the first one. Well, I think of him. I personally, I think of him in Moon. That's I what I think of Sam Rockwell Oh watch, uh, watch Look it, it has Kevin Spacey But it's pre-Kevin Spacey Or this Yeah but I don't care Issue I, I will watch no, Kevin exactly. Spacey regardless you, I don't care Because resp- his, his body of work is phenomenal Compared to Yeah Potential issues But no Look watch him in Moon Moon is great film You have to watch Moon I will watch Moon Or we'll watch Moon When you get over to this side of the world As well Possibly yes It's creeping up fast yes. It is creeping up fast. Uh, excellent. So you recommend I go and see that as soon as I possibly can.
1: I highly recommend you go see it as fast as you can, because as soon I will as try you see it, we can come back to the rest of you with our review.
0: And it means it can be if I can see it before the end of the year or before we do our top ten films of the year. I really want you episode. To. It means we can put. I can. I can also put that on this list. I think it goes without um, saying.
1: It's it's in my top ten.
0: Um, yeah, that's why I want to see
1: it. Yeah, I want
0: to have it on there too. Look, worst comes to worst, it's on next year's top ten, so that's, that's fine. Um, let's then, Drew, move us across to yeah. another film. Yes, which we're not. I'm not sure where, if it goes on your top ten list. It's probably not be going to be on my top ten list. Knives Out. Yes, I've just I I have seen it now. You've seen it. Indeed. You gave us a little bit of a um, a review last week, but without any spoilers at all. This week, we can have a little bit of spoilers. Yeah, we can actually discuss Drew? it. Yes. Yeah, Drew. Yes. Give us your thoughts again.
1: I loved it. I absolutely loved it, because it, A, it was a whodunit, and I hadn't seen it a good old-fashioned whodunit, particularly in a cinema, for a while. Mm. Like... I refuse to count murder on the Orient Express because why that is a whodunit. Because even though I really liked it and thought it was a good solid adaptation, I've seen countless adaptations of that book. I've read that book. It's old, and but it not is original. the epitome of
0: it's the epitome of whodunits though because it's got yeah. But we're in a day and know, age where everyone <laughs> knows
1: the ending anyway. Yeah. I liked the fact that this was completely original, and I had no clue how it was going to play out.
0: Yeah. Fair. Um, Okay, let's go straight to the spoilers, then, instead. Yeah. Had you, in some ways, predicted the ending? I wondered if there was more to him than met the eye. Yeah.
1: But I wasn't quite certain... And the other thing I kept wondering was whether or not the old guy had actually died. Yeah. It kept... Like, in my head, it kept coming back to, is he really dead? Yeah. Like, are we sure this isn't some elaborate hoax?
0: Yep. Well, I, I had that thought, too, because he was... Um, because of his what his, his job was. He was a um, thriller, or a detective story writer, anyway. He, that's what he did. Yeah. So I, I had that sort of thought, that... I ha- that my first thought was he suicided um, specifically to have this sort of game towards his death. Um, that's what I thought first of all. Um, then I thought maybe he doesn't like his family. That's why he did it. Then it t- I started believing that more and more when it turns out that they were all being taken off the wheel anyway. <clears throat> um, then I thought it was along the lines of, did he really suicide? Of course he did because they're saying that it looks like he suicided. I believed that he did suicide. I didn't have any doubt behind that. I, I thought maybe before I, I we got into it and they made it clear that it was a suicide that maybe someone could have made it look like it was a suicide. Yeah. And then I realized. Then I then I totally believed it was a suicide, um, and then I had no idea. But I, I think once I got to the point where I realized it was a suicide. Um. And that the uh, the nurse had been responsible, mm. I say responsible for the death, as it turns out, didn't. then I stopped caring about who done it so much. Uh, and I think that and and look, that was an interesting interesting twist and credit where it's due for having a twist like that, revealing what we believe the audience believed to be the way that he died at the very beginning of the film and then trying to almost throughout the rest of the film cover your tracks throughout the whole thing only for it to then be realized that actually that's not exactly how it happened. I think it was a bold move, but I'm not sure if it paid off because I think it made it less um, interesting. What really happened as opposed to a normal, a normal who done it where it's kind of like, um, so look, okay, the story spoilers, of course, so, the nurse gave the old man the wrong medicine, Yep. had two vials, uh, a morphine and another one, accidentally gave him the morphine vial. Um, as it turns out, though, amongst the whole story, the character played by Chris Evans, I can't remember his name, <clears throat> um, had basically swapped the vials of morphine and the other thing changing the labels on them <clears throat> or taking the drug out of one and putting in the other, basically, um, <clears throat> which meant that the nurse would give him the normal drug, put it in him. He would die. And then it would mean that she was responsible for the death Yeah, because Chris Evans's character knew that no- none of the family were going to be on the will um, and so then, therefore, if you make her get blamed, she's probably going to be the sole heir or recipient of everything on the will. So if she's responsible for the death, she can't get the, the stuff, so it will go to the family instead kind of thing. Basically, Chris Evans was throwing the nurse under the bus. As it turns out, the nurse then did the right thing, which was give him the medicine which he she thought was right. She then realized, I gave him the wrong one, because the morphine vial is now um, empty. Of course, the labels are switched, so therefore she gave the right drug. As um, Daniel Craig's character revealed, it's because you're such a good nurse that you knew by weight of the vials which one was the right one. Gave the the, the correct drug, which she thought was the wrong one. The old guy then killed himself um, to make the nurse avoid being the reason that he died. Yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's basically the reason why the nurse is innocent and why Chris Evans is guilty. Um, and someone anom- anonymously paid Daniel Craig's character to come in and try and uncover what had happened. Turns out that uh, Chris Evans' character had paid him, knowing that the nurse is probably going to have the, cu- the tracks covered. Yeah. I don't know. I think I explained that really roughly, but at really... But that's the gist of it. Look, I I actually thought it was clever, the way
1: it was handled.
0: Yeah, no, look, again, I give credit where it's due because it's an interesting twist to have everyone believe the story at the start and then be kind of not sure if they're on the side of this innocent nurse or not, who's actually not so innocent, but got on incredibly well. You're not sure if you're on her side or not. And that's an interesting thing to be playing with when it turns out it's all for nothing. So it's kind of an interesting thing that that's... We had us do that. But I think it kind of made the payoff at the end less interesting because it's kind of like I don't care so much now because, oh, I thought I knew the story. Turns out I didn't know the story. But I was pretty certain that I believed the story anyway when the general gist of a done is I have no idea until the end. The fact that I thought I already knew the story and I was like, the interesting twist is that. It's her covering her tracks as we go along, but she can't quite lie, so how is she going to do it? So, yeah. yeah, I thought that was interesting. So, it just kind of made the payoff or the, the climax of the story less climaxy. I be- But no, I again, yeah. I so believe I g- gave
1: g- some out of fives for it last week.
0: Yep, can't remember what they were so at So,
1: where are yours at? <sighs>
0: I'm a little bit tired of the it story. Um, again, I saw um, Murder on the Orient Express and was kind of over the idea anyway. I think it doesn't help the fact that it was Murder on the Orient Express that we saw because we already know the story and it's a pretty outdated story it's not very yeah. relevant to now um no one really cares anymore about an ending where it's a bit weak like that or quite weak like that maybe back then back when it was new it was yeah well when it was new it was a fantastic groundbreaking idea and it was a relevant ending now it's weak um so leading into this i, th- I liked the idea that i had i had no idea yeah um, I don't like the idea that we were kind of told what to expect and then in the sense of... Uh, and I'm just recounting the exact same thing that I've said several times now. I don't like the fact that we then believed a story only to be told that it's not the correct story because then it's kind of like I don't care so much. Yeah. Um, I thought that everyone did a fantastic job um, in terms of playing the characters. I thought that Daniel Craig did a fantastic... I would say Louisiana sort of accent, very kind of the, the drawl and the, you know, the, the, uh, to quote Andy from the office once saying, you know, it's the whole molasses of the accent, you know, that real kind of old school, um, plantation sort of accent. Yeah. Uh, I thought he did a great job of playing the role. I think he would have had a lot of fun playing the role. I think everyone would have had a lot of fun playing their roles. Um, You know, it's like playing a real-life version of the game Cluedo or Clue, depending on where you are in the world. And I think that would be a lot of fun to be involved in. Um, Fantastic set. I love the way that they, uh, the way they showed the nurse throughout the film, covering her tracks without this ability to lie. It was kind of it kept you on the edge of your seat, being like, "Oh, is she going to get caught here?" Because there's the whole thing of she throws up if she lies, and yeah, so I found that quite interesting. Um yeah. There were a couple of stupid things like the fact that she ran away after the um the uh, uh, uh the the building with the the blood analysis got burnt down. Oh yeah. The fact that she she ran away in that scene. I thought that was a little bit frustrating because it's like what literally what's the point in you running? I know it meant something else and it kind of led to something more. But it was just a little bit pointless in that moment yeah no that's um fine. where do I sit with the film I said to you on the phone after I said or I messaged you anyway that that I thought it was better than I expected and again that's just because yep. of how done I am with that kind of whole Who Done It film but in terms of scores technical rating I'll give it a I'll give it a seven. I'll give it a seven because I think it's bold that Ryan Johnson had a crack at um, doing a Who Done It. It's bold because the 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 um, the concept is so overdone that to do it means that you have to be fairly confident in what you're doing, and I think that he did a pretty good job of that. Um, script was excellent, casting was excellent, set well, locations were excellent. We've seen some of the behind-the-scenes things, which I'm, I'm sure are quite commonplace on films, but even the way that they, you know, the the, the screenshots that I sent you, I know they're fairly common the way that they're done. But yeah, but t- it was the using old-school tricks. Exactly. The the way that they they went back to using kind of reflective cards and things like that, or, or dummy lighting pieces to make the window reflection bounce off of the glasses. I think it added um, a lot That to sort it. of thing. Yeah, look, it, it did. It, it made it feel... The fact that they went to that effort, I appreciate the effort and detail that they went to. Yeah. Um, I, I thought that the idea that this film had a very, um, old fashioned location being a house of its age, Mm. but then also making it in the 21st century, I thought was clever. I really liked that. I liked, Um, I liked that because it
1: felt timeless.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's there's, there's the modern technology, there's the modern cars, but then there's Old school elements. The fact that it's a really old house means yeah. that there's not security within it. The fact that the security cameras out the front are on VCR because it's a, such an old place, and the old guy, the old man, didn't care so much about technology and no. stuff like that. So um, I found it interesting. The motives. I, I liked the way they they uncovered the motives. I liked the way they kind of made it everyone trying to win the goal or deceive the goal and or the nurse and get her back on side to give them the money back. You know, I I just I found it interesting the way that they yeah. took on. Um, the 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 concept, um, but again, it loses some points because it um, it is such an an old concept and it's been done so many times, um, and the twist to make this original by having you believe one story at the start, I think, just took a little bit too far away from it and undid what the whole point of an um, the concept is which is to make you blow your mind at the end um, that's my technical score yeah personally I'll give it I'll give it a seven as well and and that's me okay. being generous I'm okay. I say'm I'm, I'm being generous because I just I think I'm just too tired of the the, the whole thing and I think that by doing a who done it again, do something else like give the concept a rest i think we're getting another Cluedo or clue film at some point in the future yeah Uh, and there's just too many i think that once they've been done once don't do the same thing again and we're getting it Uh, again it's because i'm tired of it it's not because of the film but i can't judge it personally without acknowledging that that's a fairly big thing again it's better than what i expected yeah and i mean that i mean it genuinely was and i and by that i mean it had something original i'm not such a big fan of the original element of it but nonetheless i thought it was great and i thought the cast was great and i love daniel craig in it sarah didn't at all She was so sick of that accent but i <laughs> i thought it was great and i think he did a good job of it yeah. um yeah that's that's where i'm at with it yeah fair but look, I, I I did enjoy it, but it's not going to be in my top ten, put it that way.
1: Yeah. Mm. Look, it may well still make it in mine. I've, like, I've been mm-hmm. pretty pleased with it. But I keep looking back over the year, I
0: can't believe how much has come out this year. Well, I can't believe Vice was out this year. I feel like that was last year. But that was the first film we saw for the year.
1: It was the first, yeah, it was the first film we went to see together this year. Yeah, yeah, Um, Because I went and saw Aquaman and Mary Poppins
0: on New Year's Day. Of course you did, and I haven't seen Aquaman, and I don't mind that I haven't. I think you'll, (laughs) I I
1: still stand by it, I I think you'll actually like it compared to the rest of them. Fair enough. It does the fun thing, which is what Shazam did. It, ha- it, okay. it had fun, and they were clearly having fun when they made it.
0: Fair enough. I'm, I'm interested in the the uh, the score and the haunting kind of scenes in it, um, which obviously James One's had a big influence on.
1: Oh, he definitely brought that. He brought those elements to it, and it worked.
0: Yeah, so that's what I'd, I'd be keen on. But we'll see. Maybe in the new year. Maybe in the new year. Um, I'm not going to give it the justification to make it onto the list because it's purely because it's a a DC film and I think DC... uh, Can you believe we saw Glass this year? No, I can't believe it. But I... uh, See, we're we're having all this discussion now when we will have a top 10 film this year. we just got to work out when we're going to do it. But um, we will have a top 10 list. Yeah. And I don't know how many films I have seen because it's been a very busy year for me. I've been out and about a lot but like i don't know if i've seen 10 films this year you have that's that's kind of okay i have okay, I, cool. I have our, um, i have
1: the list of every movie i've gone to the cinema for this year
0: and, send it send it to me for a screenshot I can to. see. okay send send it to me just so i can i think i cuz i really need to have a think about it over the next week or two and, and work it out for myself what that top 10 list is but I'm not sure if Glass is going to make it because Glass was such had such hype to it, and um, on the back of Split, M Night Shyamalan looks like he's completely you know redeemed himself, and I feel like Glass undid all that work that M Night Shyamalan did with Split. Yeah, I because it was such a disastrous final yeah. chapter.
1: I just, but I'm not sure. I feel like it's over before it begins.
0: Yeah, I thought it. We'll see when it
1: ended. I was like, "Aren't we only halfway?"
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, especially exactly, and and that leads me to: Will there be another film, another sequel? But I don't think so. And yeah, I feel like he's undone all of his work from two previous amazing films yeah. in fifteen minutes of film. So I'm not sure. We'll see drew just before we go and get to our sick end of the week yeah uh christmas films let's quickly touch on that um the christmas film i was going to watch just last night was die hard and i ended up going with logan lucky instead i'm going to save die hard for another time perhaps during the day on friday or something like that while sarah's at work good choice because uh i love die hard so much and it absolutely really? is a christmas film we,
1: we never would have guessed
0: <laughs> yeah funny but it's a christmas film
1: do you agree that it's a christmas film i do agree it is a christmas film i Yeah, I would firmly
0: agree. Excellent. I'm glad you would. Um, And I can't believe you only saw it recently for the first time. In the last, what, 12 to 18 months? Yeah, I can't believe that you hadn't seen it. That's a big film. I loved it, Um, though. It was great. With Alan Rickman. With Alan Rickman, of course. And and Bruce Willis. Um, I watched... There's a Netflix series, um, films that we grew up with or something like that. Films that that made Uh, us. Yeah, that. Yeah, I haven't watched it And they do... I watch it because they do great. There's three films which I fucking love that they they do on that. Yeah. But they do one on on Die Hard, which is excellent. They talk about the whole story behind Die Hard and how it got made and everything like that. And there was that whole, you know, that story that we've all heard where where they weren't sure if they were going to cast Bruce Willis. In fact, Bruce Willis was almost an afterthought. Yeah. Yet it's made him. That's that's just made him what he is. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Look, there's an interesting story on that. The other Christmas film, which I think is total classic and you were listening to it the other day or the theme song of it anyway or the soundtrack at least was um home alone have you cracked out home alone this year i have of course you have have. and i need to do the same i might do that next week i sat
1: and watched the first one the other day i've i've held off the second one because i I just want to wait a couple more days but for me Mm -hmm. i i will not only watch one and two i actually really enjoy number three as well i don't yeah i'm quite a fan of number three i don't care that it's different
0: like No, I think there there are three films in the Home Alone series. Yes, the fourth one doesn't count. Oh no, Um, there are three, and there are three that do it well. Yes, I I'm excited. Next week, I think I'll watch one and two back to back because they almost feel like they should be back to back. They They are so. I think that when we look at sequels and stuff, you know, we always talk about a sequel needs to outdo the first one. Mm. Home Alone, I think, is the it's the exception to that rule in that. They work so good as pairs because the production quality and the value just feels like they are Yeah. A continuation of the same story. In it's, fact, they are a continuation like of the same story. It's like that was Father of the Bride as well. Yeah, it's it's one flows into the next. So yeah. that's why I happily watch them and it'll be the second year now that I've watched them back to back. Perfect. Um Yeah, so I think I'm gonna do that next week. I can't wait for that. Have you pulled out Love Actually yet? No, no, that's saving for christmas
1: eve although i do normally watch it multiple times
0: yeah you normally watch it about five times being me i
1: i do i normally do um no so far what have i done i watched what did i watch i watched christmas vacation that was the first one so mm-hmm. i kicked that off on the first
0: of december oh, like, vacation or christmas vacation christmas vacation of course. No, I... Oh, I think I need to watch Vacation and Christmas Vacation back-to-back at some point next week as well.
1: Yeah. Um, what else have I... Uh, I watched Disney's new one, Noel, which went straight to Disney Plus with Anna Kendrick and Bill Hader. Sure. That was a lot of fun. I would highly recommend that to anyone that likes a good Christmas movie. Right, Really, okay. really funny. Basically, Anna Kendrick plays the daughter of Santa Claus, and Mm. this year, their father has passed on, so her brother is about to take the reins, but he... (laughs) Take the reins. But he's getting cold feet and has disappeared from the North Pole. So she goes on a mission to try and find him and bring him back.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's good fun. I like
1: that. Uh, I watched Home Alone Pretty much straight after, actually, after I watched sure. Noel, um, I also watched Netflix's new original series "Merry Happy Whatever." Oh, uh, with Dennis Quaid. Yeah, who also produces it.
0: How is that, Dennis? What's Dennis Quaid been in lately? It's super
1: like- sitcommy, but I really liked it.
0: I'm afraid of how sitcommy it is because I it's think like the si- sitcom kind of genres. The last good sitcom that went was um, Two and a Half Men when Charlie, Charlie Sheen was on it. They, they, I don't think sitcoms work anymore. But
1: okay, it's it's absolutely a sitcom. Like like it has all the sitcom elements. Um, like it's not meant to be the best show ever made. Like it, it's mm-hmm. really not. But I like the idea that it's a Christmas themed sitcom because I don't believe I've ever seen that done before.
0: No, I, again, and the fact that Netflix allows that sort of thing to exist, yeah. because I don't think a commercial network would have ever taken the idea and been no. like, you know, especially when when sitcoms were in their heyday, been like, let's do a sitcom which can only exist kind of at Christmas yeah. in some ways. You know, it, that's that's not a concept that would work, but the fact well, that Netflix allows that is excellent. Well,
1: I was reading about it. The guy that created the show, he's written for other shows over the years, but the premise of the show is based on his real-life experience um with his now wife so the show follows uh, a couple as they're going back to the girlfriend's um family for christmas mm-hmm. uh so they're back in where are they philadelphia yeah and they've they've gone back to visit because they they live in la and it's basically bringing the boyfriend home to meet the family and to meet her very strict, rigid set in his ways father,
0: who doesn't like him or approve of him at all off the get go. <laughs> I I watched I watched the trailer and I I th- it's very sitcomy, Drew. It very is very sitcomy.
1: It is. I'm pretty sure there was canned laughter in there.
0: I, yeah, I exactly. I don't it notice was, it like a- you
1: do. I I tune out to it. I like I barely notice
0: it. I totally notice it. It's the the um, the more I an- analyze sitcoms, the more I notice yeah. the way sitcoms work. Yeah. But um, no, look, I, I love sitcoms, but I just don't know how. Uh, I I'm always I always get disappointed by modern sitcoms. Um, I they don't quite hit the the, the same beats in some for ways me, for some reason.
1: For me, this show really like it's where the talent is. The the shows where the show is good. So Dennis Quaid is excellent plays his role to perfection, mm-hmm. and then playing one of his other daughters is Ashley Tisdale. Of High School Musical, The Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. Disney. Not Channel seen any star. of those things. She's very funny, and <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, no, like
0: she's just really sharp. No, n- really no, sharp. I'm laughing at the, fa- I'm laughing at the fact that I, I had no idea who she was. Oh, good grief. <laughs> That.
1: But yeah, like they—they they are the two most well-known names in the show. But you can see the quality from them. It—it just—they it, really do outshine everyone. I
0: find. Hmm. Um. Have you watched The Grinch? And I'm not talking about the Benedict Cumberbatch version because I don't count that so much. I'm sure it was fine, the, but the Jim that's not one the one or the me. original animated the Jim- one. <laughs> No, the, not not the not the original animated one. I'm talking about the Jim Carrey one, the one from my kind of timeline, our time. When I was, yeah, exactly.
1: Yes, uh, I haven't watched it this year yet. It's sitting on my shelf. Will really it get daring. a viewing? Pardon?
0: Will it get a viewing? Of course it will. Will the it the Benedict Cumberbatch
1: one get a get a viewing? I would like it to because I did watch it and I really enjoyed
0: it. Will the original animated one get a possibly? Okay, but the but the only one that's a definite is the Jim Carrey one. Of course. That's just I the love different. the Jim Carrey. The 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 Jim Carrey one's got such a sass that you totally and as you get older, I mean I've seen memes about the idea, but as you get older, you just you sympathize so much more yeah. and you just and all the the little one-liners and the attitude and everything. I love the attitude of the Grinch so much. It's just great. the total cynicism and just that like reckless disregard for anyone's feelings towards christmas like i i love christmas but just in terms of life i, I totally just embody the grinch i love how much
1: it just it, it's a pure ron howard movie as well and i like that it's some, it's ron
0: howard spun with jim carrey though yeah. like there's just they just they just mash into one super thing
1: and you can see all the threads of of ron howard's humor in there and yeah. the fact that the fact that a few of the cast members do wind up being on arrested development as well.
0: Yeah. Like Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's it's um
1: You could see it all there. It's beautiful and I think it holds up really well.
0: I think so too. I I mean that there's the the special effects in it, you know, sometimes a f- I thing that dates a film the most is special effects. Yes. And the film has such little special effects. There is so much that is you know, actual... Practical. Um, yeah, practical effects. And I think that that's one of the greatest things about it for me mm. um, is the fact that there is so much practical effects. Like, even the little car that Jim Carrey drives around was a real car that yeah. drove around. Yeah. You know, they, they they didn't... Yeah, like, it's the lack of, you know, special effects, I think, or CGI mm. make it able to stand up. But then also just the, the humor in it makes it stand up as well. You know, it's got the same meanings that all apply today. Um, yeah. But uh, any other Christmas films on on have been viewed so far or to be viewed? Um, to
1: be, what did I, what did I watch last night? Last night I watched Office Christmas Party. Very nice. That's a that's a brilliant one. Yes, I um I remembered that it was on Netflix and I was in the mood for a
0: comedy. I was like, oh, that would be perfect. So I had a good giggle. Fantastic. Um, I. Yeah. I, I need to watch Love Actually. My family watched Love Actually back in Sydney just the other week, just on Sunday, actually. Oh. Um, makes me want to watch it, so I need to watch that at some yep. point. And I also really need to watch The Santa Claus. Yes. I have to do that every year. I need to watch it's The tradition. Santa Claus at one point. I, it is tradition, so I need to make sure I do that. I might do that on my own during the weeks at some point. I'm, so.
1: I'm saving yeah. The Santa Claus for closer to Christmas as well. That's And if I Fantastic. can, that's, that's one that I like to watch with the entire family because that's... Like Your Household, that was our family mm. Christmas movie.
0: Yeah. That's a great one, though. Again, it's also the film that always tricked me into believing that there was an E at the end of Santa Claus. Yes. But really, it's just the clause in clause mm. Not Santa Claus. As and in the and
1: last I've- line of a contract.
0: <laughs> yeah, the clause uh, and, and I hate the fact that, that I didn't know that until about a year ago. <laughs> like, I never knew that. It always, it's Santa Claus, not Santa Claus. But I didn't know that. I'm just counting up on the shelf. I've still got another
1: 18 Christmas movies sitting there.
0: Oh, my God. And you got less than 18 days till Christmas. Drew. I can do it. I'm not fussed. I can catch this up. Wait, are there 18? No, there's... What's today's date? Uh, when this goes up, it'll be the 12th. Today's the 12th, yeah. Yeah, so it'll be the 12th. So you've got... 12 days. No, you've got more than... Yeah, okay, you got less than 18 days. Sorry, for some reason I thought it was fine. the thirty the 35th of December. I don't know why I from, thought it was the 35th of December. From where
1: I am, I'm having a look. I've got The Muppet Christmas Carol, The Polar mm-hmm. Express, The Jim Carrey Christmas yes. Carol, The Nightmare yes. Before Christmas, A Charlie Brown Christmas, Jingle All The Way, I'll Be Home For Christmas, Elf, Home Alone 2, Christmas With The Cranks, Santa Claus 1, 2, and 3, Arthur Christmas, Love Actually, Bad Santa... A Very Harold and Kumar 3D Christmas, and The Night Before.
0: Lovely. I Of course, on my list, I've also got... So I've got Love Actually, I've got The Santa Claus, I've yep. got I'll Be Home for Christmas, and I've got Bad Santa. That's what I got. And Solid. perhaps Bad Santa 2, if I'm feeling... It's on Netflix here, so I'm tempted. Is it really? I still haven't watched Bad yeah, it Santa 2. Oh. Look, it's not as good as the first one, but it's got Kathy Bates, so there you go. Ooh, I might have to.
1: Well, oh, but then there's also... Um, bad mums Two, which was the
0: christmas one and mm-hmm. daddy's home too i was gonna say daddy's home too of course they've got to be we saw them. that when we saw that and that was fantastic that was so funny. very much like that it was so funny. It was funny mel
1: gibson was brilliant
0: mm, i haven't laughed so hard at the cinema for a long time besides yeah. uh besides game night and office christmas party game night was fantastic Game Night was fantastic. Not a Christmas movie, but no. also... I am just talking about films that made me laugh a lot. Yeah. That that film was.
1: Game Night. I still think Game Night's one of the best comedies of the last ten years. Mm.
0: And, of course, Sarah and I are watching Dexter, and it's got uh, Michael C. Hall in it, so, you know. How is Dexter going for you guys? Slow. Very slow. I'd I'd love to crack on with it a lot more, but, no, I need to hold back with Sarah. We're on season three only Fair still. enough.
1: Fair enough. Um, we'll
0: get to there. I think it's that time. I think it's that time, Drew, and I'll, I'll hand the reins to you. I'll let you take this one. Yes, of course. Thank you. Um, but
1: but of course, uh, if you are at all interested in being on the show, uh, we would love to have you as a guest, always. We love having guests on the show. It's a little more different at the moment having guests, given how we have a an international show right now. But mm-hmm. that said we, well would, said, we would still love to have people on. So feel free to contact us, uh, email us. Message, come and approach us in person, put your binoculars down and take the five extra steps over, we are friendly, we do not bite, we talk, English, preferably. Yes. But yeah, uh, if you do happen to come on the show, you stand a very good chance of taking home the prestigious award of Sick Kent of the Week. A most, most prestigious award indeed. Um, Absolutely. this week, it's a, a little more of a somber note for the award as the award goes to our very recently departed Big Bird himself, Carol Spinney, I believe it's, I have no idea. Spine, it's got to be Spinney. It's S P I N N E Y.
0: Yeah. Say, I would say Spinney as well. Yeah. Apologies if that's incorrect, but of course we're doing our best. <laughs> Anyway, good old Carol, he originated the role
1: and has played Big Bird for over 50 years. So it was mm. devastating news to find out that he had left us.
0: But what a legacy he has left on. It certainly changed my childhood. You know, Big Bird is such a part of everyone's childhood. And, and yeah. you know, the way Big Bird... Introduced us into having, you know, imaginary friends and then introduced us to the idea of talking about your imaginary friend or talking about what's happening in your life and everything like that. And for being Um, our gateway into Sesame Street. Being our gateway into Sesame Street and being that uh, the glue that holds Sesame Street together in many ways. I mean, you think about it. He's the one that spoke to the humans, you know, Oscar, and he spoke to uh, Gordon and Maria and everything like that, oh, he, but then he would also talk to, to Telly, and he'd also talk to Oscar the Grouch, and yeah. Snuffy, and Snuffy's sister, and everything, so he, he was the, the glue. But for always. me, I, I always looked at him as being, like,
1: to Sesame Street, what Kermit was to the Muppets.
0: Yeah, he's almost, he'd he'd he, if there was a front cover, he'd be on the front cover in the middle. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and look. In addition to being Big Bird, he we must also remember he was also Oscar the Grouch.
0: Of course, which is, I think, as I get older and look back at it, my favorite character on on Sesame Street as well. You know, it's that that voice. You'll I will always be able to hear that voice and Big Bird's voice in my head. You know, <laughs> it. You don't even need to, to watch it. To hear the voice, you can just hear that real kind of like slightly higher octave scram kind of thing, you know, as as Oscar would say. Like, just I can just hear it, and I can just picture it. I just know it, and that's always going to be their voices. And I and I don't know what they're going to do going forward, um but it's it's sad that it's it's happened. It was, you know, everyone gets old and everyone leaves us, but but still. yeah, it's a, it's a hit, you know. It it's a hit for sure. It really is, and we'll see what happens going forward. But um, they
1: well, they'll continue on. They've replaced actors frequently within the Muppets. Oh,
0: for sure, for sure, for sure. But nonetheless, there's there'll never be that gravity of of the originals.
1: No, no, I'm I'm finding that more and more as I continue to watch the Muppets. Mm. And I hear the voices change, and it's a hard thing.
0: Yeah, because it's just not the same. It's not. It's not as you remember it in your head. It's not that you know. Even if you see something and you see it done multiple times, you always just know what it's supposed to sound like in your head, and it never quite hits the same beat. Well, there's but, uh, there's
1: been a positive change in the Muppets of late because the um, there's a new performer doing Kermit, and the current performer. The, the new guy sounds so much more like Jim Henson than the previous one, Steve Whitmire. Good. He, um... Good. Steve Whitmire took it over when Jim died, but he always <laughs> sounded a little different. The new guy sounds dead on like Jim Henson.
0: Perfect. Because so many people were able to do it. The fact that they didn't cast someone that was spot on is is a little bit sad. Yeah.
1: Like, I don't know. It has its ups and downs.
0: Mm. We'll see, though. We'll see going forward. But nonetheless, Carol, Carol Spinney. Yep. Spiny. Uh, I think. You are this, you are this week's Sick Kent of the Week because you're an absolute legend and yep. you were a part of our childhood. Rest in peace and, and thank you for what you gave us. Rest in peace, Godspeed, and uh, onwards and upwards. Um see what's next for Sesame Street yes. and Muppets and uh, Drew that brings us to the end of the show that was a bumper episode wow we're really over time it was time. a bumper episode really over time but nonetheless it was, it was, it was perfect well thank worth thank you it. thank you very much thank as always you. get yourself some sleep now you deserved it oh I uh, intend to I will get on editing this episode and get it out to the public when it's Thursday for me which is tomorrow jolly good excellent thank you very much Drew uh, how do we end this episode Yep!